Hey everyone, this is Rock with stageinthesky.com. This is going to be a, a big one because it's kind of controversial on the interwebs. So, with this one, I have to start by saying that I in no way take these labels too seriously. But at the same time, you're going to hear why people like me actually like that there's a concept called the Sigma male or just a Sigma. Because recently, I admit, I've, it was a bit disappointing when you see some of your favorite red pill speakers come out against the idea of a Sigma male. People like Donovan Sharp claim that there's no such thing as a Sigma male, which a majority of his commenters, if you look up his video, disagree with what he was saying. And recently, Better Bachelor did the same thing. And I'm not entirely sure why they chose to do this or whether it was a smart move, because as I get into why, what I think a Sigma male is, you're going to find that it makes sense why a lot of Sigma males actually inhabit the red pill space. So when you hear these guys bash Sigmas, it's like we're thinking to ourselves, you know, <laughs> we don't have to listen to you, right? Um, so with all that out of the way, let me go ahead and begin. Discovering the Sigma male. We're not all alphas, we're not all betas. As I mentioned, I in no way take these labels too seriously, but you're about to hear about different personalities, stereotypes, feminism, red pill philosophy that might sound offensive as if I'm saying that one is better than the other. I'm not. Different does not mean better. And just go up in that, man, because you hear that a lot. I think that that's what a lot of people hear when you say, oh, well, I'm different or, oh, I'm this. I'm not what you are. And people start to equate that with, oh, you're saying you're better than me? <laughs> Even if they don't say it, I think that's what they internalize when people say that they're different. That's not what I'm saying. Everyone's different. We're not all the same. It's okay. So growing up in my teens, one of my biggest frustrations was that my own peers had a difficult time understanding me. And this is important to any youth because we barely understand ourselves. So when everyone around you seems to behave similarly, or they're fitting in with the current culture and the trends of whatever region you're living in, where everyone seems to have their own little clique except for you, you begin to think, is there something wrong with me? And just to give you a little bit of background, I'm military raised. My parents, we moved to different schools before they finally settled in a place called Augusta, Georgia when I was 11 years old. And in Augusta, Georgia, the stereotypes are real. Augusta, Georgia is the South. And there's blacks and there's whites. And if you go out with a white girl, there's a lot of problems. And if you even talk the way I talk, I'm a black guy and I speak proper English, you know, like you have a problem fitting in. Most people used to describe me as happy and friendly as a teenager. You know, they said I was always laughing. I was always smiling and they're not wrong. But at the same time, they had no idea about the amount of anger and resentment that I had pent up. Every year in high school, I had a different best friend. If I wanted or needed to, I could blend in with any scene that I was part of. I just blended in with whatever class or group I just had to be stuck in for that year. I never wanted to shoot up a school or anything like that, but I always had this chip on my shoulder to graduate and get the fuck about my parents' house as soon as possible, excuse my language, but that was the emphasis there. Growing up in my 20s, things didn't change all that much when it came to my peers, people who are my own age, my own generation, their misunderstanding of me. Except by now, I had liked who I'd become. You know, I, I had lost 178 pounds. You know, I was working out. You know, I was a writer. I was, I was an author. I was publishing my own books, you know? So I was a very focused young man. Still am, I'm 34. Um, but back then, my peers, they, they weren't about that. When they, you know, talk about the weekend, oh, I'm gonna go get drunk. I'm gonna go on the boat. Rock, what are you doing this weekend? I'm gonna write. I'm gonna send out queer letters. I'm gonna try to better myself. This was a goal I was pursuing. And a lot of my peers, they didn't understand that. Um, and the more I resisted peer pressure, the more I was challenged by others. And of those challenges, invariably, they tended to fall into one of two categories. 
The first are those who make it their damnness to try to mold you into the kind of person they think you should be. They're doing this because they think they're trying to help. They just want you to be happy, which implies deep down that they think you're not, or not as happy as you could be. So they try to get you out. They try to get you laid. They try to get you drunk or buzzed. They just want you to have fun. They're just trying to help. The second kind of people, the second kind of challengers, are the kind of people who appear to be your buddy, you know, they appear to be your friend, but without realizing it, they become adversarial because they want. They have this need to prove that they're either better than you or they're your equal. These are the kind of people who will smile at you for the sake of being polite, but they absolutely loathe anyone who appears too happy and a beat, or worse, proud of themselves. That's why you hear them give more criticism than compliments. It's to bring you down to their level instead of bringing themselves up to yours. For instance, if you win a game and you just smile with pride, they'll say something like, okay, well, don't let it go to your head because, you know, God forbid you think you're good at something. These are often the kind of people who expect you to see them as your equal without having to work for it. No different from those who want respect without earning it. Um, and just to give you all, because I, when I was in my 20s and I was pursuing my career as a writer, you hear all the time, oh, I, I write too, you know, and it's like, okay, well, that's great, you know, and I didn't want to slight them, but you asked them, hey, so when's the last time you started writing, you know, when's the last chapter you busted out? And they were like, oh, I haven't, it's been a while, it's been months. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not saying that you're not a writer, but I write every day. <laughs> My weekends, vacation, holidays, I don't do it because it's a chore, because I want to. So you may be a writer, but we're not equals. We're not on the same footing, but they have this need to be up there. Oh, well, you know, I'm there too. So don't think that you're special. Don't think you're better than me. I'm a writer too. I'm not sure why they're like that. They're just, they just are. So it takes me to the topic at hand, sigmas. What is a sigma male? So I wrote this essay in March, 2020. Um, and I discovered it because it was a website and they linked, I basically wrote a post about Me Too and then they linked it to their website and I clicked on it and it was, a, it was called a Sigma, a Sigma website. And I was just reading around, I'm like, dude, this looks eerily familiar. The traits that they were describing, their, their point of view, what they were talking about, I'm like, this, this resonates, that's strange. that's strange. And I have the link down below, I encourage you to check it out. Um, but this video that I'm about to play right here, it explains a lot. Generally, an alpha male takes charge, while a beta male follows and serves. Many men do not fit the alpha and beta roles. So that is why there are more alphabet-based personality types to consider. Without a doubt, one of the most interesting ones is the sigma male. The sigma male is the one who does not identify with a certain place in the hierarchy. Moreover, he uses the hierarchy to his advantage. He loves freedom, independence and solitude over status, money and fame. I would like to propose 5 habits of the Sigma male. Let's dive in. 1. He goes left when the majority goes right. A Sigma male is by nature a non-conformist. He does not follow the herd unless he has a good reason. Yes, he can be social and enjoy social gatherings as well. But in the grand scheme of things, he rather goes his own way. 2. He often goes on dates with himself. While a Sigma male might enjoy social interaction, he often longs for some time alone. In solitude he has a million things going on. He might be working on a business, a creative project or perhaps he's reading a book. He might enjoy taking solitary walks in the forest early in the morning or going for a swim. No matter what, he enjoys his own company. 4. He adapts. Okay, this may sound a bit contradictory in regards to the first point, but hear me out. A Sigma male is a master chameleon. He gets along with people from all layers of the hierarchy. Like I said, he knows very well how to act like the herd without becoming part of the herd. 5. 
he keeps silent when he doesn't understand. Many people have their opinions on things they don't know anything about. They simply want to look smart or dominate the conversation. But the Sigma male only talks when he has something valuable to add to the conversation. And this is only the case if he understands the subject. So in the video it mentions that a Sigma values freedom, independence, solitude over money, status and fame. And yeah, because in the red pill community you hear that a lot where if you want to be a high value man, you got to pursue those things, money, status, fame, you know, because that's what women are after, hypergamy and all that. But personally, I just don't care about that. I care about making money and working hard to provide for myself and my future family, but I don't care about putting so much emphasis on those things, either just to get a woman or to say that, hey, I have success. That's not, that's not the fulfillment of my life. That's not my purpose in life. So when you watch that video, um, I'm not sure if I'm Sigma by other people's standards, all I know is that this video 100% describes me. It was like hearing an investigator in my head calling out patterns that they saw. And it was awesome to know that I'm not this overcomplicated mystery that's impossible to figure out. It's sort of like when I first discovered the Red Pill community and it was the sentiment of, oh my God, I'm not the only one who's seen this that comes to mind, you know, and it feels good. It's like, dude, there's nothing odd about me. There's nothing odd about us. You know, we're just, seen shit differently that I guess everyone else didn't see or they're blind to. It's strange. Oh, give me a break, Rock. You're not the only one who thinks that way or feels that way. Name another person that you know who's familiar. I have a picture of James Bond here and that's the only one that comes to mind. And you hear a lot of criticism like, oh, well, these are just fictional characters you're talking about. Well, I'm not a fictional character, I'm real. And if you hear what I believe, you go to my website, stageinsky.com, you'll find a lot of my beliefs that a lot of people find like, wow, that's unbelievable. For instance, I'm a 34 year old virgin. I plan on waiting to marriage to have sex. Right there, that's like unicorn to a lot of people. Wow, you exist and I'm good looking and I'm six foot three, 200, like, come on, come on. So yeah, we're out there, we're just elusive, we're rare. So when you ask someone, hey, can you name someone else who's similar? They usually add a loss of words or they'll say something like, oh, well, I like to go on dates by myself too, without fully grasping the big picture of what's being conveyed. And honestly, I can't stand talking to people like that where they get so bogged down by the details that they can't see the big picture of what we're talking about. I believe that when people say things like that, oh, I go on dates by myself, or you, you know, you're not the only one who thinks that way. They're saying that to keep us conformed to the mindset that we're nothing special and we're just like everyone else because that's how they feel like they're nothing special, which is kind of wretched to be honest, right? I remember hearing that when I was in middle school. Oh, you think you all that? And I'm like, am I supposed to say no? Of course, what they mean is, hey, you need to fall in line. You need to tone it down. You need to stop being different. You need to stop being all ball out. All of which indicates that I am different. I am the odd ball out. But that doesn't mean I'm this impossible enigma. It doesn't even mean I'm alone or that I'm the only person in the world who thinks like that. We're just elusive as this YouTube blogger explains. So, Sigmas, Sigma, Sigma, Sigma. So, Sigma males, where are you gonna find them? Well, you aren't, you aren't gonna find them, they're gonna find you. And if they really need autonomy and independence, respect that. And I know that that will be really hard for betas and alphas, but it won't be hard for other Sigmas, you know, just 
you know how you want to just not be told what to do and controlled? Don't control them and tell them what to do. So when you're in a leadership position, just as an example, in the military, you are not you are not going to be this face of the government. You, instead, you are slowly but surely, quietly taking action behind the scenes to protect others, to protect a greater good, to serve. And, and their Sigmas are just the awesomest leaders. I mean, if you ever are able to observe a Sigma, they're just they're just great when they do have to when they're forced by life itself into a leadership position. It's just awesome. So whereas the Sigma and the Omega are both on the fringe a lot of the time, the Omega's doing it to say, I'm a rebel. I don't need approval. The Sigma really doesn't need approval, okay? So whereas the Omega is changing their hair color and their appearance and their lifestyle every five months to say, look at me, I'm a nonconformist, the Omega might be, or I'm sorry, the Sigma might be doing the same thing, but it's for some greater good. So this is another really fascinating part of the Sigma male because they are not compelled to get married, they are not compelled to have children. So whereas some people will claim that they have no desire to follow society's demands and the societal norms, the Sigma really doesn't. Now that's not to say that they don't fall in love, very deeply they do. So this is another really fascinating thing about Sigma males and comparing them to alpha males, where alpha males fall in love the most frequently and the most quickly, the sigmas fall in love the most deeply, the most intensely, the most long-lastingly. This is Sarah Reynolds. I want to play the whole video, but I didn't get her permission. I encourage everyone to check her out because it, it hits a lot of points. What I really love about her video is that she points out the purpose that sigmas feel, that we have this need to serve a greater good. I really don't want to be the one in charge. I really don't want to be the so-called leader. And I don't mind falling back if another alpha is keen to take the lead, especially if that alpha does have good moral compass. Like I have mentors and they're, you know, I follow their lead because they're, they're Christians, you know? So I'm like, yeah, you know, when they're giving me advice about investment and how to progress my career or even how to handle relationships, you know, I'm it's good to follow their lead and take their advice because they have a good moral compass. The fact that I write so many essays is an attempt to serve a greater good, aside from helping my loved ones understand me better if they like to read, they don't, which is why I'm producing videos. Most of my essays have been on the truth about Christianity that you may not hear in the church, or the truth about what's going on behind society's guise of social justice, or the truth about human behavior that most people are afraid to admit. It's sort of like all these movements. All it takes is for one person to say what's happened to them before others miraculously find the courage to admit it. It reminds me of Kwame Brown. People are looking up to him like, oh my God, look what he's saying. And it's like, dude, it's so annoying when you hear people watch these new guys like Kwame Brown. And I, I like what Kwame Brown, Kwame Brown said in a lot of his videos, but the ignorant from the comments, not, well, ignorance, yes, they didn't know. So when you hear people like, when they hear Kwame Brown, they're like, dude, this is the first time I'm hearing people like you talk like this. It's like, wow. People have been saying what Kwame Brown's been saying for decades. You're just uh, discovering it, which is all right, but damn, does it make you sound ignorant. <laughs> all right, so another thing I want to point out is Miss Sarah. She's really, really gorgeous. You know, I know people don't like that. Oh, you're black, you gotta stick with, no, I don't care. I'm attracted to beautiful women and it doesn't matter your skin color. It matters your culture or whether or not we can accept and appreciate each other. Um, but Miss Sarah is a gorgeous woman, but the world's full of beautiful women. I've never met Miss Sarah, but I'm willing to bet that I fall for her after just one conversation. Why? Because she demonstrates that she understands. A lot of people claim that they understand this or that, but their actions show differently. 
Because sigmas are elusive and rare, I believe it's rare to have another human being understand this. Thus, it's unique and precious to us when we do. If I thought a woman was pretty when I first met her, I have no doubt that the attraction will increase drastically overnight if she demonstrates that she understands what I'm talking about. My ex-girlfriend was like that. We broke up when I was 20, I call her Alice for the purpose of these essays. Alice and I broke up when I was 27, but three years later I was 30. Um, we started talking again. And while I told myself I wouldn't cross that bridge again, I noticed that there was something about hanging out with someone who understands who you are and why you are the way you are, that it's very addictive. You know, like it's the feeling starting to come back. She was already hot to begin with, but just like the feelings of wanting to have her in my life and be around her and talk to her and interact with her, it was addictive. I didn't want to let her go. Um, and the reason why it's so addictive is just like the first video where he talked about being exhausted after social interaction. However, when you're talking to someone who understands, it doesn't feel so exhausting. It feels like vacation and freedom and better yet, when they accept you, you don't have to pretend or dole down who you are just to make them feel comfortable around you. It's like talking to everyone else is a performance. You're being you, but you're being who you have to be to accomplish a goal, like not offend someone. Sometimes that is a goal, you know, in today's society, you know, to walk out of a room after talking to 20 bunch people, especially millennials, my fellow millennials, to not offend anyone is accomplishment. Mission complete is <laughs> weird. You know, so it's exhausting. But when you're talking to someone who you, you could just be yourself without them questioning you or having a, uh, what are you saying? What, what, why are you like that? You know, it's like, it's just freedom. And it's like, you want those people around you. And there's a difference between needing a person like that and wanting. I don't believe there's anyone on earth who doesn't want to have someone to love or be loved by someone. Humans are social creatures. Even the most solitary person on earth needs a companion, even if that companion is a dog or a horse or a volleyball. Wilson. However, there is the argument that sigmas are really just beta males in denial. And there was a YouTube video that responded to this, but it got taken down, which I think, I guess, strengthens the argument of people who hate sigmas or want to say, oh, that's not a thing. Here's the deal. Whether you think I'm a beta or an alpha or a sigma or whatever, you're welcome to your opinion, but honestly, why would I care what you think? Sometimes when people read my essays, they think I just spit this out to everyone I come in contact with physically. I don't. Writing is literally how I breathe. I see, I observe, but unless someone asks, I find it quite cruel to ruin their illusion of reality unless I see them heading towards a tiger pit like obesity or getting involved with unstable individuals or becoming a drug addict. And if you're in my world and you want to be a part of my life, yeah, I'm not going to tolerate that. And I'm gonna say something because it's out of care, you know, and if you don't want to hear it Then we have some choices to make you either go that way or I'm gonna go this way We cannot coexist and that's all right The labels really shouldn't matter that much and some of the comments in the video that got taken down I've seen heated arguments about what a sigma is or who is a beta, but why? Perhaps this is all this talk about the sexual marketplace value It's the perpetuating stereotype that all women go for alphas first off. I don't believe all women go for the alphas. It may be that all women are attracted to the alpha. They may even be attracted to the sigmas. But from what I've seen, more often than not, people, not just women, but people in general, they go for what's easier as opposed to what's difficult. Mainly because of their own self-respect and because people are lazy. <laughs> Meaning they'll give up on the idea of going for an alpha that they find attractive because they think they don't have a chance or because it's too much work to go for that person. 
Alphas and Sigmas may be desirable, but if a beta male is throwing themselves at her, and if he seems cute, and if she can tolerate his quirks, and he's, and if that woman's tired of being alone for so many years, or they've been tossed around so many times, chances are they're gonna take a chance in the beta, rather than wait and chase out the Sigma, because Sigmas are hard work. I mean, there's layers to peel back, and um, there's the competition from other women, even though women don't make that competition note to the guy. And, and of course, uh, people like Sigmas, I think, um, like I said, they have a purpose. So a lot of times women, they try to come in and they want to pry eyes and attention away from that purpose so that they can focus on a woman. And that's difficult when you're dealing with a strong-willed individual or a guy who lives for his purpose. Not to mention, a lot of my female millennial peers have bought into the woke feminist narrative that's all about ab abolishing traditional gender norms. They see so many masculine qualities as toxic, like being competitive and dominant. These women may be sexually attracted to sigmas and alphas, but I'm willing to bet they're more likely to marry the passionate betas who don't mind submitting to her, letting her lead, or wear the pants from a relationship. It's just the times we're living in, and if it's who you are, then go for it. To date, I know several couples where the guy is softer than a bag of wet noodles. He's a straight up geek who's too timid to look another guy in the eye when he walks by, but this dude's married to a beautiful, strong woman. And I'm like, yep, that relationship makes sense. I won't, can't judge that. Um, but I will say, if you believe in red pill philosophy, then men like that run a, run a higher risk of getting cheated on. And I say that with reluctance, of course, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that everyone who gets married stays married. Bottom line, the main reason why I'm happy about the Sigmas or the concept of a Sigma male is because it feels good to be understood. It's sort of like when I took one of those personality quizzes a few years back and the person, the answer to the personality quiz was, you embody the pursuit of truth. And I'm like, holy shit, I do. You know, I don't just take everything that's given to me, but I actually consider it and let it marinate in the brain. And if it doesn't make sense, then well, I gotta find out what makes sense. And it's only because, if I care, obviously, because you hear atheists say, well, you know, well, did you hear what Richard Hawkins and Sam Harris said? I'm like, dude, I don't care. I'm a Christian, I've gone through my atheist phase. Yes, I could fall into the category of, oh, well, you know what? You're just seeking validation and looking for people to tell you what you wanna hear. Yes, that is absolutely very well possible. But for my case, I don't think so. You see, regardless of what philosophy, concept, theory, or movement I learn about, none of it will ever trump the supreme authority of the Bible principles in my life. And believe me, the Bible sometimes gives harsh truths that I really don't want to hear or wish that it wasn't in the Bible, such as Paul suggesting that marriage isn't for everyone, or Jesus Christ when he talked about resurrection in Mark chapter 12. Starting in verse 25, he says, For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And that was kind of a blow to me because I'm like, what, one of my ideas was, okay, well, if I don't get married in this life, that's right, I'll get married in the next life. But if that's not gonna happen, it's kind of rough. It's kind of hard to fathom, but I have faith that there's a reason why people aren't gonna get married. I think that we're gonna be completely different beings and not humans as we know it now, but that's a different essay for another time. In Sarah Reynolds' video, around the 8.30 mark, she mentions that Sigmas don't have this desire to get married based on societal norms. She also says that while alpha males fall in love the most frequently, sigma males fall in love the most deeply. Really true words, which might sound contradicting. I don't know how other sigma males are, but when I get married, I won't be thinking about society. I won't be thinking about how people view it and you know the divorce rate and or whether or not she's gonna divorce rate me and take half my stuff and all of that stuff. I'm not thinking about that. 
because I know I'd be in love. I know it sounds weird and it sounds like a simp for me to say that, but that's, I mean, I know myself, man. I mean, I fall in love and when I fall in love, it's deep. It really is. And when I get married, what I'll be thinking about is this unbreakable vow that I make before God. If you don't know God or believe in the faith, it's difficult to convey how I don't just see God as this far off distant authority figure who wrote a rule book and sits on a throne from on high just waiting to judge and mete out punishment. I see God, Jehovah as we call him, as a father figure. His words reside in my heart and I can debate the Bible's wisdom and practical application to modern life with the best of them. In fact, I dare say that the Bible is the original red pill. It outlines gender roles and explains who we are. The main difference between red pill philosophy and the Bible is that the Bible has a strong code of morality, what's right and what's wrong. Whereas the red pill community believes in human nature and accepting and encouraging those who give in to their baser instincts. But that's open for a debate. If the Bible explains who you are, then why are you so happy about discovering sigmas? Because I have my flaws just like every other man on earth. I wrestle with eternal conflicts that make Homer's Iliad look like a nursery rhyme. I am a sinner just like you. The Bible explains the what, the why, and how, and learning about the sigma merely just explains which kind, <laughs> basically. But still though, how can you be both a sigma and a Christian? I thought sigmas go their own way. Well, this might sound offensive to some Christians, but unlike most, I didn't merely inherit my belief. It was passed down to me, but I took it upon myself to read the Bible from cover to cover. Let's put it this way, Christianity is a gift that many people have, as in they have it on their coffee table, they pass by it every day. Um, the Bible is the most published book in the world actually, so a lot of people will have access to it. It's open to everyone. Anyone can be a Christian, regardless of your gender, race, doesn't matter. You can be a Christian. You just have to take action and actually accept the gift, take it with you. Whereas most people leave it on their coffee stand or in church on Sundays or you hear this a lot, oh, there's no place for God in blank. I opened the Bible, I saw what was in it. I take Jesus Christ with me everywhere I go. And I know that might make me sound like I live this strict monkish lifestyle, but I don't. Might surprise you to know that a lot of the religious practices and strict lifestyles, you know, a lot of that was made up by man based on their own interpretations. I'm a Christian, but if you ask me which denomination, I couldn't tell you because I don't belong to any of them. I was baptized as a Baptist when I was six, forced to study with Jehovah's Witnesses to the age of 11 until I left the nest at 18, at which point I renounced all religions because I hated it so much. At 23, however, I found myself studying with Scientologists. Thanks to acting classes, I just kind of rolled into that. But I rejected that because I felt it was a form of idolatry. And at the age of 28, I picked the Bible and read it for myself. It took two years to read it cover to cover, and now I know. I know the truth about God's character, how Jesus Christ saved our lives, what's going to happen in the future, and more importantly, I know which traditions were made up by humans. I have acquaintances who are Baptists, Catholics, Lutherans, and even Jehovah's Witnesses, but as of yet, I haven't found a religion in which I agree with everything to confine myself to it. So your question about, oh, well, I thought Sigmas go their own way, yeah, I, I think that basically sums up me as a Christian. The Bible is my compass. Um, I don't have just one day where I worship Jesus Christ and God. I, every day, I pray every day, I worship him every day, and he is involved in all matter of my life. You know, my decisions, what career path to take, how I treat people, I pray for his guidance every day. In Romans chapter 14, it teaches us that we're all gonna be judged by our own convictions as individuals. It's in that conviction that I'm ready to stand before God wholeheartedly and accept his judgment on whether I was right or wrong in my interpretation of his word, the Bible. I don't know. I just don't see that as beta, you know, to you know, like if judgment day was to happen tomorrow and I stand before God, 
I wouldn't, I mean, I would give him respect and fear him as my heavenly father, but I'm ready. I'm prepared. Like I'm prepared for his judgment and his judgment is going to come. Ladies and gentlemen, I hate to say it, but the, the ship is going down. We had the Noah and the flood where the whole world was covered by the sea. And no, and God gave the people 120 years to get on that ark to listen to Noah's message. People didn't want to listen. Now it's been over 2,000 years since Jesus Christ came and told us what's going to happen. And you, have, you hear people ridiculing Christians and mocking. Oh, that's not going to happen. Oh, uh, uh, give me proof. And it's like, dude, I fear for you, man. And don't get me wrong. All this talk about alphas and betas, I really don't think it has that much bearing in our lives in determining how we should live it just want to make that clear like if there's a poll that says oh the sigmas live this life i'm not saying okay well well that's what sigma it says that sigmas had to believe that so i'm gonna conform my life to that no that's not what i'm saying there's nothing wrong with if you fall into the category by just being yourself whether you're an alpha or a beta if that's really who you are i'm not even saying sigmas are the best there's a price to pay with everything I can be surrounded by others, smile and blend in, and yet I used to feel abysmal for wishing that deep down I was more like them. Three years ago, I had a panic attack in front of an auditorium full of my coworkers. It was during a Toastmasters meeting where I was stepping out of my comfort zone, and I took a chance and agreed to be my department's first president of the whole damn thing. But there were a lot of factors that triggered that panic attack. The main one was me being pissed at myself for not sticking to my guns when I told the department head that I didn't want to be in Toastmasters. It wasn't for me. One more point I want to mention. I don't believe a lot of Sigmas are born Sigma. Even if you're a dormant Sigma, chances are you were an Alpha or a Beta at first and then depending on whatever circumstances you had in life and the mindset you have, if you're like me, you had to adapt and overcome. I believe Betas just accept what life has given them, they accept what they're told, they submit to the trends. Again, there's nothing wrong with that if that's who you are. If it suits you and you just like that, go for it. Do not conform, just be who you are. Of course, I would say conform to Christ's teachings, but if you're not a Christian, I guess this is fall on deaf ears. Be who you are is what I'm trying to get at. Because honestly, you're going to be depressed trying to do, trying to be something that you're not. Trust me, I've tried it for years. I've tried being that alpha. I've tried being a beta by going along with the trends, by doing, you know, like the progressive, the liberals, the me too, all of that. Feminist, I used to be a feminist man. I tried all that and it just wasn't me. And it wasn't me because I had the Christian foundation. So obviously there was a conflict there. It's like, you can't serve two masters. And I was like, oh, well that's why shit wasn't making sense. And oddly enough, if mainstream culture continues on the way it has, I suspect more and more men will become Sigmas. Or at the very least, they'll try to. I deal with the isolation and going my own way because I'm an author. My passion involves being alone and getting projects done. And two, as long as I'm endeavoring to do what's good in God's eyes, I'm really never truly alone. I know that's gonna sound very fanatic to a non-believer, but I, I, I really do believe I walk with God. You know, I can be alone physically, but I can have God walk, watch over me and guide me, direct my footsteps, uplift me. And it's hard to explain to someone that to someone who doesn't have faith. God is always there. Every time I choose to do what's good instead of giving in to my primal impulses, I'm scoring bonus points in his eyes. The Lord is my rock, my refuge, my salvation. And this is what the mainstream culture doesn't get. I think Stefan Molyneux said it best. Men benefit from competition, women benefit from cooperation. A man could be ostracized from the herd and still survive, if not do better. That doesn't say women can't survive alone. I've seen plenty, like the women on those Nat Geo shows who live in the, the frontier life in Alaska, man, I couldn't do it. 
you know, hats off to them. But I don't think the same could be said for most women, which is why a lot of women vote, support, and are in favor of government that plays a bigger role in their lives, which means less freedom, less independence. They're dependent on the government because that freedom would bring their ruin. Ugh, that sounds really bad, and it's for another topic. I hope that doesn't get me in trouble, but um, why did I even mention that? What was I going with that? <laughs> um, oh yeah, I guess it is to the point of me being alone. I, I'm, I'm alone because I can take it. You know, I, I, God's blessed me with the patience and the strength to hold out and endeavor. I mean, that's what it means to be a Christian, is to persevere. And that's not to say that if you're not alone and you're not a Christian, no. Everyone has their own lot in life. We all have our roles to play. Recall the story of Elijah. You know, Elijah complained about that kind of thing too. And God, we all have our role. We all have our purpose. Right now, I'm publishing, I'm, I'm recording this video. If I wasn't recording this video, what would I be doing? I'd be doing something else productive just to keep my mind focused because I know that God's gonna bless me with a beautiful wife. Either that or I'm gonna die a bachelor and there's a reason why I'm dying a bachelor um, and it's to serve his purpose and that's all right. That again brings me fulfillment. I, I feel bad for the Sigmas and the people who, you know, who are going their own way and they don't have that faith. You know, because it's like at the end of the day, if you don't have that faith and you don't have children and you're not married and you don't have a companion that you can, you know, grow old with, that, I mean, that's got to be the ultimate loneliness. And I wouldn't wish that on anyone. So I encourage everyone to read the Bible, man. Start from Genesis verse 1 and just keep reading. It's not just a rule book telling you what you can and can't do. It's a guide. It's it's the best self-help book you'll ever read. And it's a, it's a history book. There's a lot of fun, interesting stories in there. Remember David and Goliath? Remember uh, Sodom and... G that wasn't a fun story, but that's a strong story to... All my people, I mean, consider what month it is, you know, in today's secular society. So um, I encourage everyone to definitely draw close to God by reading his word, the Bible. All right. I think that should do it. And I hope that I didn't ruffle too many feathers. And if you want to reach out to me, feel free to go to my website, stageandsky.com. I have my email there. And thanks for listening.